0: Welcome to The Aligned Woman's Play with Diana McKendrick, where we discuss filling your cup, embracing financial abundance, and designing the life of your dreams. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number 131 of The Aligned Woman's Way. And it was my absolute pleasure to... I'm no guest
1: anymore. I'm part of the podcast.
0: Okay, you've already guessed, right? It's my older sister, Michelle-Anne, who's supposed to be bloody sick. So you sit there in your box and let me lead. No. Okay. I'm inviting Michelle-Anne into my podcast. Um, if Michelle-Anne you,
1: is your podcast.
0: I, I haven't uh, even got a name for this podcast yet. I think we'll just like call it the story. No, touchy subject. Oh, okay. It's called touchy topics. That's what we're going to call it. Touchy topics. And we're going to be bringing these to you not every Tuesday, <laughs> not every week, not every month, but when we feel like it. Um, so as you listen to last week's podcast, you got, actually it was even this week, it was recorded in the same week, two podcasts in one week. Whoa! Um, yeah, so you, listen to that. If you haven't already listened to that before you listen to this, because that was called the shit hits the fan moment. And I delivered on the shit hit the fan moment while I thought the shit was hitting the fan. And then guess what? The shit hit the fan even more. So after that podcast and after the newsletter or the sister share that came out last week, and I shared that Michelle had been unwell and then she was in hospital and I was there to support her and we were setting up systems and structures in the business. And here's several tips to support you, uh, ladies in business who are also running families and doing all the things. And I said a couple of times in the podcast, ah, like unless we both get sick, God forbid, next day. I was knocked out. It was like something grabbed me and I was just in bed all day. I slept all day, hardcore sleeping, like dribble on the pillow, sleep all day, not just half the day, not a quarter of the day, like solid day from morning till night, didn't get out of my pajamas, didn't even go back to bed that night, stayed in bed and slept the whole night through. And some miracle I woke up totally fine the very next day, like 100% eager, ready to go. Um, still feel like I've got a bit of healing to do and couldn't really pinpoint it. But I was thinking maybe I was having sympathy for all of oh, here. I do. Because we're obviously pretty deeply connected, Michelle and I being sisters. And I was having a few of the symptoms of shingles because that's what Michelle's got. Um, actually even got two dots on my arm that I had a conversation with and they went away within hours. I was like, oh, just keep an eye on them. They're starting to look quite blistery. And yeah, they went away. Look, they were there. They are gone. Oh my goodness. completely gone. So what we wanted to share on today and our ten- intention today is to share a little bit of our journey, particularly Michelle's journey and how she empowered herself through the last couple of days, because it's been really big. It's been really challenging. And, you know, we always want to weave in with how we're running the business as well. We're, we're two moms. Michelle's got two kids. I've got two kids. Michelle's the structures and the systems lady within the business. So without her there sort of directing and running stuff, you know, things can go pear shaped pretty quickly. So I had to step up into that role. But then when I got sick as well, we really needed to ensure that there's systems and procedures and things put in place to support the growth of the business. But before that, any of that, our health is most important. It's paramount. And we've spent today together healing and really revising and addressing our path forward so we can come back with a vengeance and continue to deliver our magic, our medicine and to the world. And so the intention with this podcast is to empower you ladies in business that your health is paramount. So Michelle's going to share a little bit of her journey and how she went about moving through some decisions she had to make in hospital that were really hard for her and navigate all of that. Anything you want to add to that? Perfectly said, as per usual. All right, cool. So we don't want to go into too much of the backstory. That's basically in the podcast before. And then I got crook.
1: I got really sick. And then... And the rest is on my Facebook stories uh, page. So if you want the whole back-end story of how I ended up in hospital and the gist behind that, jump over onto my Facebook, Michelle Ann Saunderson, and you'll see a massive post there where I give you the down and dirty on what landed me in hospital. It was quite the story. A few misdiagnoses and a few being a trooper when I probably shouldn't have been a trooper and bits and pieces, you'll find all that over there. And not listening
0: to your intuition and the experts over your intuition a few times in the lead up to that, pushing a little bit too hard, showing up for others, not setting boundaries, all the stuff we talk about all the time that just keeps coming up for us in this journey. And we always promise to show both sides you're going to see on social media so many incredible, amazing rainbow unicorns from everybody, including us, because ultimately we're on our path, we're on our purpose, we love our business, we love our people, we're really thriving in business. But the other side of that and an important side of that is what we're about to share here today. So we're going to share with you how we navigated it, how Michelle got through her days in hospital and the decision she had to make and the anxiety attacks she had to experience to come out the other side. Um, and it's only her first Day home today, and it's been very easy and gentle. And we've made some shifts and changes, which we'll probably share in another podcast. Once again, this probably sounds a lot about us because it's our life and our experience, but our deep intention is to share you this with you this journey. So when you go through it, you've got some reference points, you've got some role models. I remember before I started going through like stuff like this in business, I was looking for people who had similar values and were prepared. And brave enough to share both sides of the story. So it is our intention that whatever we offer today, yes, we're the stars of the show. We're the main character.
1: Actually, Michelle's the main character. We have to offer Dime will always have some gold Gold nuggets nuggets for you to have for dinner. If there's no gold nuggets at the end of this podcast, you can get your money back, (laughs) even though it was free. There you go. Gold nuggets inclusive. Gold nuggets galore. Let's
0: go. Okay. So, Michelle, take us back to which bit? Maybe maybe just the start of the journey in hospital and
1: yes yes so as i said i'm not going to go into the full details you can get that over on the facebook page but what i did want to do on this podcast is really delve into the big learnings and growth that i had throughout my experience diane's giving me hand i'm just dancing beside i thought you were giving me hand signals to talk slower or something we're very in tune she's moving her hands and i'm like oh i'm talking too fast Oh, constantly feeling I'm doing something wrong. Isn't that funny? Mm, interesting. Were you really not telling me to do something? No, okay, I was, just it was literally like this just dancing. <laughs> okay, continue on. Um, was the growth and the learnings that I had through the experience? So yeah, it was a wild ride, as I've been saying a lot to everybody that asks. Um, it was hairy, but uh, very grateful that I had probably the least problem experience that of anyone else that I know that has come to me is, I'd say hundreds of you, but a lot of you getting back to me with either you've had shingles or other people you know have had shingles. It was a terrible time. And like, like the worst in the world. It's probably one of the worst diseases apparently you can get. It's excruciating pain. It's terrible. However, I was very, very, I keep using the word lucky, but that's what this podcast is about is I'm not sure it's all luck. Uh, part of it may have been, but the other part of it has a lot to do with how um, we... I say, Diane, because we do this together, live our life and the decisions we make and how we empower ourselves with our health and our well-being, which I think is going to be the biggest gold nugget of this story. And I think
0: when people go into hospital, no matter how focused, how committed, how how devoted you are to work, there's something, this work, there's something that happens in your mind that you hand your power over Mm.
1: almost instantly. You are literally giving me Like I feel sick in the gut talking about it, it really affected me.
0: Yeah. So the moment you went into hospital without realizing, and then I've had experiences of like this when I've had babies and when I've been in there with my kids for certain things, because we avoid it at all cost. Mm -hmm. Any type of antibiotic, any type of drug, yes, we both believe that there's a time and place for those sort of things, but mostly that that's not for us. Michelle had to make different decisions. This time I've had to make different decisions in my past, in the past. And if you're following along, you're probably of a similar belief system. We're not here to say what's right and what's wrong. This is right for us at this time in our life. And we want to shed the light to empower you regardless of your belief or your decision to make your decision and stand by it. Because as you go into hospital, it's like you subconsciously hand, this is probably a pretty strong way to say it, but you hand your soul over
1: Mm -hmm. to Another entity. This is exactly what it felt like. And it is a touchy topic because we are talking about very structured medical models and medical models that save people's lives. So,
0: and that have been around forever. Since they got,
1: yeah. And that it's the mainstream belief is that you follow what the doctor tells you and you get better. I call BS on, I'm not going to say 100% of that because doctors, oh my God, save people's lives every single day. And I'm so grateful to have a medical model and a health system to that I could go into to get me better. So I'm not certainly bagging hospitals. I'm not bagging doctors. But what I'm bagging is not so-called bagging, but what I want to open the conversation around is the the model that's been set up at the moment is robotic, to say the least. And disempowering to the So disempowering to the customer, the client, the patient, whatever you want to call that person lying in the bed. As Diane said, as soon as you went in there, and it's big words, but what were the words you used? That well, you've giving your soul that, away.
0: Yeah, but the words that came up when we uh, uncovered a bit earlier, which you're going to go into when I came in for that coaching session, yes.
1: was violated. Violated is a word that keeps coming up for me. I felt violated, not because anyone was nasty to me or mean to me or actually even forced anything on me. It wasn't that it was basically the decisions that were being made around my health, I wasn't really consulted on. And fair enough, if someone's that ill that they can't be consulted, yes, I understand that. I was completely coherent and I understand there were certain things that just had to be done which I had to do a lot of work around and as Di just touched on she came in and (laughs) gave me a coaching session after I had a meltdown on the first night in hospital it was it was full on and yeah it was all about basically the gist of it is the lack of control and the violation that you feel when people probably going to get emotional because I still feel really about the whole thing if you
0: can see Michelle's posture now like
1: you're like fully bent over and so withdrawn it it sounds very dramatic And sometimes I keep wavering between was I just being dramatic or is this really a big thing for me? And it was a really big thing because I had Mm. physiological reactions from it of basically giving your body over. And this is from someone who just lost her job because she didn't get the COVID vaccination or touchy topic. I said COVID. I said vaccination in a podcast. And, again, each choice is your own. I've never been up against choices, but I chose not to put that in my body. And I'm very particular with the way I eat. And, yes, I eat shitty food every now and again. But I'm particular in my health and to be lying there in hospital and have drugs pumped into me antibiotics that I'm so against antibiotics I can't stand the, the little bastard name of the antibiotics because more so it's not the actual antibiotic the it's it's how it came it's the that. process and it's what roils me right up is how quickly doctors and and emergency whoever they turn to antibiotics before they even, can New I swear course. on this podcast? Of course. New before New. they even freaking know what is wrong with you, they're prescribing you antibiotics. It's, it's my pet hate. I see it happen all the time. Every time you go to the doctor, I may as well just write my script before I walk in because no matter what they, they'll tell you it's a virus and then give you antibiotics. And I look at the doctor and I'm like, why are you prescribing me antibiotics? Which is, not I'm not stupid. I've, this, I've done a science degree. That kills bacteria for a bacterial infection. When you're telling me that I have a virus, which has got nothing to do with bacteria. It's just their go-to, and it annoys me because it just rips your gut of all your good natural. Um, pro, your, what are they called? Your gut microbiome. Anyway, I'm a bit anti. I'm a bit anti-antibiotic. So to think, but
0: but more anti-antibiotic that's prescribed for without no reason. Yeah, just because of that's the process, and yes, that's what that's the covers their butt thing. And that's that what they've about. been
1: taught. It's the robotic nature of giving antibiotics that I'm very much riled up about. So when I went into the accident emergency presenting with a staph infection, which is what the doctor originally diagnosed me with, of course, I knew that I had to take antibiotics. I didn't want to. And I also knew I had a beautiful model to support me after the antibiotics. So I decided to do that, tablets. So I went in presenting with that. Turns out they misdiagnosed me and I actually had shingles, which was a virus. But without sort of exp- explaining anything they've put me straight up into a drip and started pumping and I use the word pumping because that's what it felt like these massive syringes again I may be sounding dramatic but they were like I'm trying to explain how big these they're not little syringes. they're full syringes and they're as thick as you like your arm sort of okay maybe that's dramatic they're big like little finger no no bigger than your little finger I can't oh really oh yeah they're like how would you describe something there's two of them and they're about so I'm showing the dye so she can tell you how big it is.
0: Huge.
1: Are you looking like at penis crystal.
0: size? That big crystal, yeah.
1: Yeah, like big. They're, they're thick and they're big syringes and they're full and there's two of them and they're full of antibiotics and they plunge them into your vein within about four minutes, right? And without me knowing why I'm taking these antibiotics, I'm getting off on a bit of a tangent here, but it really, really affected me. The fact that one, I didn't really even know why I was having antibiotics because I had a viral infection, which is what shingles is. And
0: no one explained
1: anything and no to one you. Really... They're just
0: pumping stuff into your body. You don't know what it is. You don't know what mm-hmm. it's for. And you don't know why. You just know that you're in there and you're trusting what they're doing.
1: Yes, exactly right. I'm trusting what they're doing. And yes, there was a reason. But when Diane came in that that morning, being the morning, I had a bit of a meltdown the night before. She's come in at stealthed into the hospital, 6.30 in the morning. I still don't know how she got in. Uh, carrying cacao and um, what else did you have? You water. had Oh, Kangen water, uh, protein powder, oats because the food in there was atrocious. Originally, it turned out to be really good food in the end. I've actually kept the recipe cards because I'm making what they give me in the hospital. That's a whole other podcast. But once I got in there, um, Di came in in the morning and I'm a pretty much blubbering mess up and down. But she was a blubbering mess. I was a blubbering mess. And she was a basket
0: case. I was a basket
1: case. So she came in and just stepped straight into coach mode. Like, yes, she was there supporting me as my sister, but like the best coach you could ask for, she just supported me and then took me through these amazing embodiment processes to work through the the emotions. Firstly, that were going through my body, what I was feeling took me deep into the pain. you be arch Michelle kept trying to boss me around. <laughs> I kept trying to come out because then I felt better, like instantly as soon as she started these embodiment practices with she me. She felt better within
0: minutes. Like and I'm then gonna... so she's back out again and trying to start being big sister and bossing me around. was like, hey, bitch, listen here.
1: We're going back, back into the it. pain. Uh, yeah, it took me through some really powerful embodiment processes. It was really such a beautiful moment that I'll never, ever forget it. Knowing Diane's going through her own things um, with kids and her own physical things. And the biggest thing that came out of all those embodiment practices was the word empowerment because I told her I felt violated and I didn't know what was going on and there was all this stuff coming into my body. And the question, and I'll never forget it, she said to me, do you think you need these drugs? And my ultimate answer was, yes, I've got a pretty serious infection, which why either end up on the antibiotics. So I had cellulitis, which was an infection on my wound. That is why they, but I didn't know that at the time. I just knew they were putting stuff in my body what are the drugs doing for you? How are they working? Do you need them? And do you consent to those drugs going into your body? That was huge for me. And I, I-
0: can't even remember the questions I ask. And I want to speak to all the coaches that may be listening to this, because, you know, when Michelle said, mm-hmm. I come in and did a coaching session, the, the co- coaching's not the right word, especially with the way the industry has gone at the moment with freaking coaches, everyone's a coach. And I know everybody has great intentions, but Coaching implies that I know better and that I'm telling you something to get you somewhere. Nothing like that. It wasn't. We we need to find another name for it. It was without it being too fluffy and spiritual. So people just completely disregard it. What I find I did for Michelle was I empowered. I held space. Yeah, and empowered. I listened to her. I acknowledged her. And I co-created a space with her where she could take back her power. That had nothing to do with me that had everything to do with me asking Michelle the right questions and holding the the best space for her in that moment. Now, being a good coach or whatever you want to call it, you need to pick your moments. I didn't go in there with the intention of having a, a coaching session with her. I went in there with the intention to support her and give her whatever she needed in that moment. And as a support person, like Michelle said, with all your own shit going on in the background, it's really important to be able to you know, hold that solid space and meet the moment. So read the newsletter that we just sent out. Listen to the podcast last week because that goes through all of that before
1: we knew what we knew today. And it was all scrawled out on the paper placemat that went under my meal because of course we had no paper. And I saved that piece of paper and I journaled on it this morning and it was quite powerful, all the words that she wrote down because these were the words that I said. And that is what Di is talking about. Like a coach is not a coach pointing you and telling you do this, do this. They're listening. So all those words that she had written on that paper placemat—it was half ripped in half—were my words that had come out of my mouth when I was in that moment of pain and trauma and suffering. Things like violated, lack of control, scared, angry, frustrated, all of the above. It was really yeah. powerful process to go through. But uh, I just remember thinking, "Oh my god! Like how lucky our clients are to have Diane. I mean, and myself. But in that moment, Diane." Coaching or whatever the other word we decide, because it's ne- it's like next level. Like she is amazing, amazing. What's another word for coach? What I? Don't know,
0: someone tell us. What's it? What do you hear and feel that we're doing?
1: Yeah, but I'm going to use that word coach because I will
0: use coach. But you know, so know, I mean, know co-creating and holding space for people. Space to holder. Dropping, dropping. That's too fluffy. Oh. People are like, oh, yeah, they're a bunch of
1: hippies. Well, we were. We were dancing around. <laughs> but
0: I think this is the important thing too. Like Michelle and my dynamic, I'm able to hold that solid space for people because of who Michelle is and what she does. And in that moment, she'd set up structures and, and systems externally, not just in our business, but, oh, I get emotional now too. Like in my house, you know, how you've helped me, like yeah. organise the house and everything so I could then get out to be available to her to then create all this stuff for each and every single one of you. So it wasn't just like me being in my genius because I'm a fucking awesome coach <laughs> or whatever you want Space to call older. it. Spaceholder. It was also the work that Michelle had done prior to that to be able to set the stage for me to be open to that, to be spacious in that, to believe in myself and my ability as a coach.
1: Yeah, it's it was amazing to be a part of and I just came out the other side feeling so much better. And really started to make empowered decisions. So after that, after we worked through it all, obviously I felt lighter, happier, uh, freer. And you
0: were still struggling. You were still in a lot of pain. So don't think we just had this <laughs> coaching session and then Michelle's like a rainbow unicorn. Well, I was
1: nauseous because the, the thought of cacao nearly made me vomit. Yeah.
0: Physically, she was still struggling. Like she could barely walk. When when she did a couple of the movements, Michelle jumped straight in the deep end, think she's a freaking. <laughs> Olympic athlete I was like no bring it back a bit we've got to meet the moment once again it's in the last podcast it's in the newsletter so just like uh, bringing it back a little bit and still was really unwell but the biggest shift I saw in Michelle by the time I left that day was that she'd landed back in her own body she had then created and held the space for herself that I reminded her of her power and that then I think you ended up being a space holder for half the nurses in yeah. it, even though you were sick as a dog and yeah. it, just, it really set her up and set the stage for her to have a very empowering stay in hospital with all the challenges that you were going through in terms of your health in terms of your belief systems being ripped out underneath you in terms of Low the system and the low vibration exactly. and the, the challenges that yeah. just come with being in a different environment.
1: Like it was a it's a private hospital, it was beautiful, the staff are lovely, but it's still a very low vibration. People are sick. People are sick, the nurses are just used to dealing with sick people. Yeah, it was very, very different to what I'm normally used to. Pretty much, just stayed in my room the whole time. I had a big open window, which really made a big difference. I got the perv on the construction workers out the window every day, and then compare notes with the
0: nurses when they came in. And you know what to do, like even the courage. So Michelle had essential oils and and all that yeah. stuff, all our medicine that we believe works. It can take a lot of courage because I know I've been in hospital before, and people have come in, whether it be the staff or whoever. And some people love it and really give you that support and other people completely turn their nose up. Sometimes it's the experts that we trust and that's fine. I don't have any judgment on that, but it takes a lot of courage to continue to show up and do what you believe
1: when it's being pretty much made fun of yeah and i had both sides i had a a lot of people going oh my god this place feels amazing it's beautiful we just want to hang out here it's so relaxed and others equal equal amounts of support and challenge Yeah, other people like oh that's so strong i can smell it in the hallway Mm and (laughs) give me no one said headache but and then a couple of doctors like oh what's like some of them had no idea which shocked me anyway that's a whole nother story so the gist of this holding space session coaching session is that yeah that I got my empowerment back and then when I was taking the drugs I was asking questions like what is this why am I taking it uh how often does this need to be with food I was just taking it and wondering and then I was like nauseous one like so nauseous that morning and they were just giving me these tablets to take and I'm like I'm not I don't want it my body's telling me not to take these tablets so I went up to the nurse and I said excuse me I'm feeling really nauseous do these really need to be taken right now or can I wait to take them later when I've eaten and she had no idea but found out and now I could wait Whereas before I would have just taken the drugs and probably spewed so yeah it was a very big uh, eye opener about how you can make decisions for yourself and also the other big thing was trusting myself and my decisions and I had another incident whilst in there which really tested me out and threw me for six as well we got time to talk about that one Yeah, myself. The old panic. I think it would be very helpful to people. I think some gold nuggets will come out of this one. So then, obviously, the next day, Diane was sick. So I lost my little support person, which was fine. She then powered me to the point where I didn't need your love. Oh, good. Like, I was fine without you, but I knew that I couldn't just call her. So that night, oh, so basically what happened is the cannula in my arm where they're feeding all these antibiotics into was really sore from the start. Like, to be honest, it was probably more painful than the shingles through the whole thing. I kept saying the cannula is the, my problem, not the shingles. Got to the point where I was getting really uncomfortable. And I said to the nurse who did the last shot in, I said, that's actually really painful when you're putting in, it's stinging. And she said, oh, okay, you've got a couple more to go. I said, she said, oh, but we could take it out if you want, if it's uncomfortable. And I'm still angry at myself because I said, yes, she was really busy, came back. And in the time that she went away and came back, I decided that the uncomfortability or the pain had sort of softened, had gone away a little bit, and that I trusted that I needed these stupid antibiotics more than being in pain in my body. Isn't that ridiculous? Even if she gave me the out, she said we can take it out and we'll just put you on oral. But for some reason, I gave power back to the bloody antibiotics that I hated to stay in my body, which made me so angry. But I said, yeah, sure, go, I'll, I'll do, I'll be, again, be tough. Be the good girl, do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, and also be tough. Like just, Michelle, pull yourself together. It's not that painful. She promised me the next one they would put the antibiotics in and then they would take it straight out. And I said to myself, just make it through to the next round. They'll pull it straight out after they've given the last round. We made it to the next round. It turns out it wasn't the next round, which threw me. She she started to poke around and put it in. I'm like, it's really painful. And she looked at it and said, Oh, that's really inflamed. I don't know. And she agreed that not to put any more in. But what happened was my arm got really infected and really sore and swollen and tender. The doctor came in, they took the cannula out. They didn't give me any more. Then what happened that night was what I wanted to talk about was just as I was going to sleep, dying sick as a dog, hasn't been out of bed all day. I'm angry at myself that I should have had this thing out 4 hours ago and wouldn't maybe be in this situation. Meanwhile my arms throbbing and I can feel it because I'm lying in a black room in a hospital by myself. I could f- you know you're very aware yeah, of every the darkness, sensation the darkness
0: looming you're, you're just
1: aware of every sensation so I can feel this infection like my my arms swollen basically ten I swear it's going down to my fingers and up into my armpits and I was in my head big time because I'm thinking oh my god I'm being ravaged with infection drugs pumped in this is all very dramatic drugs pumped into me in
0: the moment you keep saying it's dramatic but in the moment that's how people feel and you know what some of you are probably feeling like this every single day it took michelle to go to hospital but there are some people that are going to be listening to this that feel like this every day maybe not even drugs maybe you're a nurse, we spoke. We we have a lot of clients who are nurses, we love nurses and doctors mm. that have actually changed professions because that's how they felt every day when they went to work. Not because anything is right or wrong, but it didn't align with their deeper soul belief system. That's
1: what this comes down to. It yeah. didn't align. What was happening wasn't aligning with my deep belief systems. Is that what you just said? Yes. Really, that's exactly what it was. It was so out of alignment with my core values. And I'm lying there, my arms throbbing. I had a jumper on, so I couldn't see it. It was feeling tight. And I started freaking out and like my, having
0: a full blown panic. Yeah, attack.
1: I was really in my head and I'm saying out loud to myself, Michelle, you're in your head. You're making this up. Then I started to feel hot and clammy, cold sweats, feeling nauseous. I'm like, oh, my God, my body's going into shock. Holy shit. Bloody hell. And hyperventilating. Then I nearly vomited in the toilet. So I called the nurse in. And the nurse was just a poor guy. It was just a, a male. He didn't know any. He didn't know what to do. He walked in, big, did a platter. I am like, <gasps> and I'm saying to him, I'm in my head. I'm in my head. It's okay. I'm just in my head. I'm just imagining it. I just, and all I wanted was reassurance, to be honest, reassurance for someone to say, you're okay. Take some big breaths. Let me have a look at this arm. Yeah, that looks fine to me. It's normal. Go back to sleep. But he didn't know what to do. All he wanted to do was give me friggin' anti-nausea drugs which made me even more angry because that was the reason I was in such a predicament was because of the thought of all these drugs. And what set me over the edge, actually, I don't know if I told you this, was after they took the cannula out and it was inflamed and infected and all that, they gave me a cold compress to put on the site. Well, the cold compress took me straight back, and this is powerful, how powerful things, anchoring or negative things can anchor to your brain, your memory. It took me straight back to the feeling of what it, felt like when they were pumping the antibiotics into my arm in three or four minutes flat the cold if anyone's ever had drugs put into their arm you can feel this cold go through your body which when you don't like stuff in your body and you don't get vaccinated the thought of that again it's rocking your belief system so it took me the cold compress took me straight back to the the original trauma of having all these drugs in my body and then the man comes in and wants to give me more drugs it threw me I was like I and I, I don't know if I swore at him. I don't know if effing nausea tablets. I'm just having a panic attack. Calm me down. Poor guy. Went off trying to find the anti-nausea tablets. I don't know. He was gone for about 15 minutes forever. In the meantime, I've got enough sense to talk myself out of this panic attack and do some deep breathing and calm the F down. And by the time he got back, I said, I'm not, I'm fine. Thank you. I'm not, I'm not I kept saying, I'm not normally like this. I'm not normally like this. I'm actually quite normal, but I'm okay And he's giving me these. I said, "I don't want the tablets. I'm not nauseous anymore." And he still opened that tablet and tried to put it in my mouth. I was like, "That's when I got a bit angry." I'm like, "I don't want the drugs. I am not nauseous. Why are you trying to give me anti-nausea tablets when I'm actually nauseous? I told you it was in my head. Poor guy, just robotic. I felt sorry for him.
0: And and yeah, like." I'm just really mindful in this podcast too, not to me. I'm not bagging. I'm not mind. bagging anyone. Anyway. Somebody that might be listening to this that has a completely different belief system, like we have genuine compassion for that guy too. Like yeah. that was only one of his clients that night, and he Didn't was know. doing what he thought was the best thing for you. That's how he knows, or how he's been taught to. Comfort. But this is why
1: I feel the medical system is broken. It takes any intuition, any. Uh, feeling around a patient, it's just literally following a list, and they're not doing anything wrong. They're the doing their job. They're like run off, they're their, run off their feet. Oh my god, they're so understaffed. They're trying to care for very high dependent, a lot of people. So I'm the least of their worries, and yeah, they're they're doing a bloody good job considering what's going on. Yes. But it's not them. It's it's to me, it's the system. Then people aren't being trained to actually use their intuition or take a client's sort of. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It is a because touchy topic.
0: We are not in the industry either. So okay. we don't know. We've only had our experience of it, which is this side of it. So before anybody wants to jump in and attack us, we're always yeah. open to feedback, but it is a touchy topic and we're going to be bringing more of this to the space. Um, please know everything that we offer is from our experience and always with love. Yes. And we're always open to feedback as long as it's presented in our yeah, even men are like we're, we're yeah. open to it and we're and I happy to the,
1: and... the whole experience just in pure gratitude yeah ultimately like yes I had a couple of incidents where my as I said belief systems were uh questioned like I, I questioned my own belief systems but out of the whole experience I came out with absolute gratitude for for everything yeah for the staff for the way generally that way I was treated for I mean even for the stupid antibiotics I hated they made me better in the end and Everybody was just doing what they had to do. But it just opened my eyes to the uh, just the way that the, the system is set up that if someone has a problem, you just give them drugs. Without the, think it's without the thought. Same with the antibiotics. That's why I'm getting rolled up. The antibiotics are given without thought. And it's probably because people are stressed, they're busy, they're overrun with work. It's what they've been told to do. They just give you drugs, give you drugs, give you drugs. And each drug they give you has another side effect. And then it it goes on from that. So I'm just like, let's just stop and think. Does the pension? No, I'm not talking about Yeah, No, No, I'm not going down there.
0: What we want to do is empower you as a client of the system because that's essentially what you are.
1: Or the system of life. The system of
0: life. Like if we um, reflect that, so that was Michelle's challenging time, but there's going to be something for you. It's Michelle in hospital. When your belief system is challenged, like Michelle's was in hospital, How are you going to handle that? What community have you got around you? What systems have you got in place to be able to support you to stay of clear mind and sound mind to make decisions for yourself? Because that moment you feel violated, betrayed, disempowered, dissatisfied with yourself, it's a slippery slope and it's bloody well quick down to the bottom of the pit. You cannot make uh, educational quality decisions from down there. And so we need to ensure from this point forward, that you are instilling a community around you of people that can bring you food and hold yeah. you accountable and hold you up when you can't hold yourself down. People that you can have these type of touchy conversations with and share on these touchy topics that aren't going to judge you or berate you or yell at you, but just listen and, and either just listen and hold space for it or have other offerings that could expand your awareness as
1: to what other people are going through. And have a community around you that reminds you of your values when you are faltering, I think is the biggest thing. When you're faltering and you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm making the right decisions here, or like I did, just gave over power, but that community that has the same values of you as you come in and lift you up, like die coming in with the healthy water and the food. And my dad walking, I'm gonna cry again. My dad walking in with a bag of like healthy nuts and food and a diffuser and And oils, a dragon fruit, a piece of rock melon that was chucked in the bottom, bits of celery all cut up. I ate it all, all in a Coles bag because we have similar values because we were brought up the same way. And it just reminds you that you need people around you that are on your side, that are on your team, that are on your side of values, not your side in particular, but on your side in relation to your values that are going to hold them up.
0: Even if they have different values, the value might just be love, right? Yes. If you might see someone that's really close to you or not close to you going through a hard time, and this is another position people will play in it because that's Michelle and I know Michelle and I feel very confident and comfortable taking in water and essential oils and cacao and the things I believe to be medicine. There's been other times in my life where family members have been in hospital. And once again, it's taken a lot of courage to take in the things that I believe in to support them because often it gets chuffed at or whatever, like the nose gets turned up. And to have the courage to say, I'm here to support you in whatever, this is the way I know how, here, have this, it's all yours. Or if they don't believe in that, what do you need from me right now? Don't ask me to cook for me. Oh, Diane,
1: you cook for me today. Not they
0: Don't ask me to cook for you, but because I'm a crap cook. But anyway, I've cooked all Michelle's meals today and they've been delicious. You haven't tried dinner yet, but I'm sure it's going to be delicious. So yeah, just as the support person, also not judging the person going through the challenge if they have different yes. um, beliefs. So for me, it wasn't about reiterating Michelle's beliefs to her as the coach or that support person. I wanted to question them. I wanted her world was being rocked. And I was like, well, you're getting rocked right now. I'm going to rock it a little bit more to see if you really believe what you've been believing for the last couple of months. Or is this a time? Is this the initiation where everything, the rug's pulled out underneath you, and I'll catch you as you fall. But you need to replace those belief systems. And I'm certain over the next couple of days, there will be some deepening into a different belief system around our health, around our community, around our business, around the way that we show up, all because of that experience. Do I pass? What do you mean? You said you were testing my belief systems out. Huh? Well, yeah, but that's up to you to decide whether you passed or not.
1: I passed with flying well, colours. There you go, you passed. Thanks.
0: It's not up to me, but... That, that's what I mean. It's not about me telling Michelle or reminding her, this is your belief system. It's no. like, hey, this is what you think it is. Is it really still that's that? That's
1: exactly what happened. It just reminded me, because Diane and I even have different belief systems, like Diane will be on a deathbed before she'll take a drug. I am much less uh, extreme. Like I get a headache. I will uh, avoid Panadol or drugs if I, if I don't need them. I question it. But when I get to a point where I'm in pain and I'm starting to suffer, I'll take it. Don't suffer to the bloody end degree. So we still have different values. Yeah, it
0: and, you know, maybe that belief system for me Man, will we're be not- rocked one day. It probably will be. Anything that you hold on to like that, Quite you'll be tested. I'll be tested. And I have been tested. Both of my kids have had to make decisions in the past against the experts because of my intuition. It's the hardest thing I've ever had to do as a human is go against the expert's opinion on my children's health mm. several times. And luckily enough for me, it's always worked. But, yeah. It, it is just one of those things, it's a touchy topic. You've got to have so much courage and conviction and trust. I think I said that to Michelle in the kitchen today as we were sauntering around, sort of a bit both bewildered, um, going through a healing journey. Like this just takes so much trust. And I have it right now. That'll probably be tested too tomorrow, yes. the next week, whatever. Trust and courage. Keep trust and courage and community. We cannot reiterate whatever that word is. Reiterate that word. How important community is. People not necessarily even with the same values, but the value of love and And support to be and and yeah, you're putting
1: your needs first. Yeah,
0: and not making yourself the most important. Like genuinely having self-care and self-nurturing for yourself, so you can give from an overflowing cup. I could give from an overflowing cup that day. The next day, my belief systems were challenged because I was unwell. So people didn't hear from me. No one heard from me. My team, I didn't even log on. But I trusted the team. Michelle, I think, was in hospital, still letting people know I'm here. I'll be back in a couple of days. Like,
1: yeah, I well, like, I came good and I'm up to message people. Or
0: mom or dad or Gus or someone told someone and it was like, nobody heard from me for probably a day and a half. I didn't feel bad about that, maybe for a second. But then I was like, no, nah, the systems and structs is set up. I show up daily. I'm, yeah, I don't know. I just retreat when I'm unwell. And that enabled me this time to get better, but that rocked my belief system. So here mm-hmm. we are. I think that's probably enough for them today.
1: Yeah. I just wanted to finalize on just the processing after. So if you do have a traumatic incident or something that has rocked your belief system or thrown you or a bit out of the norm is making sure you give enough time to process what happened and, and talk about it. Like, this is why we do this podcast. I've talked to so many of my friends about, you know, the things that went down. I'll probably still continue to talk about it. And I think that's all part of processing because it is a trauma in a way. It's some, it is a trauma and healing and healing and that's what growth you can get out of it is the processing and what 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 you learned from it what did what what was the outcomes did you get something what's your gold
0: nuggets Michelle just
1: says it in a different way what are your (laughs) bloody gold nuggets so yes making sure that you do process that and you have the support around you for you to be able to continually to talk about it that's why I have so many friends did you know that I told you that I have so many friends because I tell the same story 400 times and not one person has to listen. It's 400 different people. Hears the same story 400 times. Yeah. It's great. That's exhausting to me. Oh, <laughs> ah, told my panic attack story about 20 times. No, you're telling me that again. I'm telling you again because I was so, just so um, flabbergasted how powerful the mind was. Yeah. When I know all the stuff and I knew I was having a panic attack, I didn't use the word panic attack. I knew I was in my head. I knew I was making this stuff up. But my body still had a physiological reaction to the point where my, I started to believe my body's symptoms over my my knowing that it was a panic attack. But my physiological symptoms were that powerful that I started to then, it was a vicious cycle of then believing my BS stories that were in my head. And
0: that, and that to me, just like somebody
1: that lives it,
0: breathes it, is very clever, is very educated, is very aware, mm. can experience that, who has support, who has a backup, who has all those things. Like if you can still experience that, people that are either less aware or don't have that yeah. support—that's my concern.
1: Yes, I mean this was over a bit of a sore arm. I can't even imagine some people out there having big things going down and having these panic attacks with, as Dice said, without the support or the awareness around what it what they are. People get put in hospital for panic attacks because yeah, their heart's yeah, racing. I know
0: I've heard it, and and this is the thing. This is why we're creating the community and our business the way that we do because. Quite clearly, Michelle and I cannot be available to everybody all the time. And we've probably, in all honesty, spread ourselves a bit too thin recently with getting back to people and being available to people as the business grows. And that's not because we're martyrs. It's actually because we genuinely care about every single one of you that comes in contact. We genuinely care and we want to offer our best. But over the next couple of days, we need to make some decisions moving forward that can... Um, create this model of care that has our health at the forefront, which means some big changes in the business. So, so what are your takeaways, Diane? Uh, my biggest takeaways from what
1: specific That we just talked about. Give me your top five. The I'll top help. five
0: is um, have a community, mm-hmm. have people around you that believe in you and trust you and will give you equal amounts of challenge and support, not just support, mm-hmm. but with love. Trust yourself and empower yourself and listen to your mind and have the conversations with the experts or the people that are meant to know better. So rather than just like uh, accepting the way that it's always been, like having the courage to have some conversations and reboot and reset your own belief systems. And that all belief systems are bullshit anyway. Like whatever you think and believe right now, it's going to change. You're going to be initiated, you're going to be tested and that that's okay, and that that's part of life.
1: And my last biggest takeaway out of this whole incident is how important our health is. Holy dooly. I knew it before, but when I was lying in that hospital bed, I was like, oh, my goodness. Now I realise why I exercise every day, why I eat healthy, why I look after my mindset, why I do every single thing I do.
0: Do you know the other thing I realised about health? What? In this process, is not? it's not always about feeling good. No, it's actually about how quick not how quickly how optimally you can recover yeah that is actually health like I think I was attached right up to recently I thought health was only about feeling good Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and waking up feeling on top of the world and having everything all the ducks in a row and my body working in a certain way and my gut health being a certain way like that's not health that's an infatuation in fantasy. and fantasy. I had that out.
1: right before I went into hospital, literally probably two days before I went into hospital because I was doing my neurofit app, tracking all my stuff. I had everything in alignment. I felt a million dollars. I'd done my meditation. I had worked out. I'd drunk my water. I'd been eating beautifully and clean. I've been doing my nervous system resets. I had a good community. I felt aligned. My business was making money. All of the stuff. I was like, Jesus, and I'm 100% like, woo, look at me go. I fucking love my life. Humbled.
0: Next minute. Humbled. And it can all, that's the other big thing, all be gone like that. Yeah. That, but, yeah, staying on that track, health is the ability to come back into balance and homeostasis, not just attaching to the one side yes. of it all being amazing all of the time, which I think we've both done with our health. Yes.
1: So health is, I would before this would have said not landing yourself in hospital is health. Now my idea of it is, yes, you've landed yourself in hospital, but you dealt with it in with resilience, and you grew and you learned you learned from it. And I also really felt I had a very, very mild experience in that hospital because of the lead up to the hospital visit.
0: Yeah.. yeah. Yes. So your ability to sort of recognize where you're at and have conscious awareness over the way your body's reacting. Yes. Ugh, it's, well, big, it's big. It's been a big one and a long time. So, thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody, for joining us and staying with us till the very end. If you want more information or you want to reach out to Michelle and I, we probably won't reply personally, not in the next week anyway. um But please send us a message. Let us know if you've loved the podcast, your favorite bits. If you are listening to this in April of 2023, we still have a handful of Millionaire Mum audiobooks to give out for free. So if you've been following along for the journey, I recorded that over school holidays. Esme is the chapter reader-outerer. And it's so cute at the end. Have I you heard it. the testimonials bit? Nice. She goes, testimonials, because I've got a couple of ladies that have worked with me, leave testimonials in the end of the book. She's like, testimonials. Hear from some ladies that have worked with my mum. Oh my goodness. Anne McKendrick. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, so yes, yeah, so we're giving out those for free. That You can send us a message and we'll have that sent to you. Once all those hundred have been given out for free, you can go onto the website www.thosetwosisters.com and it's the number two and you can order your book from there. You can have a look at our retreats. You can have a look at all our merchandise and have a look at all the things that we offer if you want to be supported and surrounded by a creative, amazing, conscious community that you know, I think the biggest belief system is like love, the light and the dark Mm -hmm. and everything in between. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yes. Bye. Hey there beauty thank you so much for joining us at those two sisters and tuning in to the rise and shine podcast series as a special gift to all of you we would like to offer you a taste tester of what it would be like to work with those two sisters myself and my sister michelle ann so for 97 dollars, you get seven days voxer access with both michelle and i and a whole bunch of other stuff which is absolutely priceless So for $97, if you wanted to come over, filter that through your own body, feel how it would feel for you to dip your toes in and have really close proximity and access to both Michelle and myself for several days, and the extended community so we can really start to light that fire to stoke that fire within you and get you the life that you desire let's go if you're wanting access to this please send me a personal message i will have my team send you the link and you can sign up right there on the spot and absolutely revolutionize and change your life